night, just when we thought it was deja vu all over again, the Aussies hang tough for a glorious draw. The world's greatest fast bowler, Mitchell Stark, is our special guest. The Tigers' new game plan doesn't include the coach. Jason Taylor gone after two losses. The AFL women locked out of their own grand final. And bringing the cardigan back, Aussie Mark Leishman wins Arnie Palmer's event. It's the show with firm opinions. Wait, is that right? I think it's the back page line. What a win for Australia. So much sport, so little time. They continue to speak before they think. I'll be about as relaxed as Jeff Bennett in a spelling bee. It'll cost him his job. All about the fans and what brings kids back. One of Australia's biggest rivalries. Sport doesn't stop and neither do we. G'day, buddy. Welcome once again. Great to have you with us uh, to well, celebrate another festival of sport with, of course, Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Hello and welcome, you two, my favourites. And representing the faltering Hawthorne Hawks, Jules Schiller and Damien Fleming. That's the worst <laughs> intro you've ever done. What are you, what are you, talking? What are you talking about? We'll be top four. Where, well, well, where have you got us? Just hold that okay, thought. Sorry, I've got you. Know. <laughs> I'll tell you where I've got you. All right, <laughs> Australia has won the third test against India. OK, technically we didn't win, but uh, that draw in Ranchi was just as good. Damon Fleming, how great was this? Well, it was just outstanding. I mean, we were challenged whether we could bat out a draw, you yep. know, and tough it out in Indian conditions. And, uh, you know, young Matty Renshaw did a pretty good job, 84 balls, but when Stephen Smith let one go, crash, and got bowled... I would have thought we are in real trouble. But Peter Hanscom, who's batted beautifully through the series but hasn't got past 30, batted out the innings. And obviously, Sean Marsh, who was picked exactly for subcontinent conditions. And that's his second 50 of the, of the, uh, of the series so far. So great signs. One all. Yeah. Um, imagine if we win the last test mm. and can win there. It'd be one of the great series wins for Australian cricket. Well, the best, according to Crash. I reckon it's the best it's of the modern ever. era. I can't find anything that lives with that. You've got to keep reminding yourself... Five players in that team have played less than 10 tests. That doesn't happen. You don't get a team like that go and beat India in India. They haven't done it yet. But that, this could... This rates with anything. Like, even when we won in 204, Flem, with Gilchrist and those I players... I there was eight legends in that team. Yeah. Yep. Mm. yeah. There was eight legends in that team. That's how hard it is to win over there. Probably not in subcontinent conditions, but if you talk to Ricky Ponting, one of his most... Um, rewarding series wins was India, uh, sorry, South Africa 2009, um, when they had a really young team. Phil Hughes debuted, Marcus North debuted, maybe Ben Hilfenhaus, and they beat South Africa at full strength. But I'm trying to think, besides that, to go overseas, which is hard to win, with an emerging team, um, you know... And, and we've obviously already got us winning, which is terrific. I, lo I love that. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of... Steve Smith said... I was on the show. Yeah, <laughs> if there is momentum, it's obviously with them. Because India expected to roll us, didn't they, on that final day? No yeah. doubt about it. It's got to hurt. And they've had a massive summer, haven't yeah. they? They've, they've dominated at home. Uh, they expect to win. And I'm seeing signs from Virat Kohli. He's under pressure. His behaviour, he feels threatened that this Aussie team aren't going to fall over and, and he's got a fight on his hands. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, he's not answering with the bat and I reckon he's question marks about his captaincy on that last day as well. You know, Ashwin should have been on the attack a lot earlier there. His DRS reviews didn't work. So if he can, if he can not score runs against the last test, 
you know, I reckon the Aussies... It was can... all about Coley, even when he wasn't on the field, wasn't it? And the series hasn't been played in the best of spirits, to be honest. Uh, the latest saw point, that alleged mocking of Virat Coley and the shoulder injury. Now, this is uh, Glenn Maxwell, of course, who, feeling pretty much the way that Virat Coley did when he genuinely hurt his shoulder, he puts the arm up there, does a bit of a smile. That's that... <laughs> And here comes Virat Coley as a response. <laughs> this confuses me. Yeah, me too. Is Coley mocking mm-hmm. the, the mock. mocking of yeah, his shoulder? Yeah, it's a reverse mock. I'm not sure. Reverse malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> happy days. Do you think he's overstepped the mark at all, Virat Kohli? I mean, every contest loves a classic villain, and he's played that role beautifully yeah. in my eyes. I mean, he's tormenting, he's taunting, he's arrogant. He's clearly, as you say, I agree, under the, probably the most amount of pressure of his entire career, and the way to react is to attack and get on the front foot. But in your eyes, has he has he crossed the line? I reckon there's times that have crossed the line just a little bit, but for the overall excitement of the series, and and particularly here in Australia, I, I think it just falls by the wayside. I think the quality of cricket, um, the competition, you know, pushes it to the side a little bit. Well, it's been compelling, hasn't it? And how long ago was it we were saying Test cricket is dead and buried? Yeah. How, long, how long ago was it? I reckon Tony yeah. is. He doesn't have a senior vice-captain on the field. I, I reckon he just runs the show. And there's times where, you know, if you had an experience like Ian Healy or Steve Waugh in the day, we'd be able to go to the captain and go, listen, I reckon we just need to yeah. calm it down. We've got a he doesn't have someone like that. We've got a story tomorrow calling him the, the Donald Trump of cricket. And he's a bit like that, isn't it? Law unto himself, respects no laws and gets into it. But when did it change, Flem? When did Indian cricketers go from being quite mild-mannered to this absolutely in-your-face, aggression? He's very uh, emotional. Warning. Probably the moment we can pick when that. He, when he imported the baked beans. <laughs> that time. But I think they were threatening over there before 2001 just because they were so good in their own conditions. They didn't have to sledge at all. You know, bowling to Azradin and uh, Tendulkar and those type of batsmen and Srinath and Kumble, those type of bowlers, they didn't have to say anything. We're under the pump. 2001 with Ganguly as captain. He was fantastic for him. He got under our skin, so we probably... He didn't have a lot to say, but he deliberately just, you know, would turn up late for the tosses. But then Harbage and Singh come on the scene and um, he did sledge. He was into us straight away. And in 01, he took 33 wickets in three tests, so... He probably didn't need to say a lot to no, us. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I remember talking to Haddon and he was saying that the Aussies niggle Coley just as much. I mean, they niggled him about... He's a son of a lawyer, isn't he? And, you know, they were scuffing his marks and standing close to him and throwing the ball back. You know, there's lots of... Yeah. It's yeah. not as if he's doing this completely unprovoked. No. Back, no. back to the shoulder thing, because some of the Indian commentators took it very, very seriously. They went crazy in bagging Steve Smith for joining the alleged mocking when Coley was out. But it was nothing of the sort. You can see here, this is the, the wicket. He, he takes the catch beautifully. Uh, and then it looks like, and there was a certain there the picture of people thinking, well, he's he's mocking. <laughs> he's, he's, they went, look, this is this. They actually went. It's like an MC Escher picture. Well, isn't I, it? I've got the inside word from the uh, dressing rooms. Peter Hanscom deliberately did that yeah. to cause a stir. So he organised the camera angles and everything. Yeah. You've got to be very, very careful, though, obviously, uh, with those. You know, the camera can play tricks. Look, uh, some other optical illusions. And look at these very, very carefully. This night's play was not actually <laughs> drinking beer during the game. Uh, it's not what it seems. <laughs> anything like what it seems. Uh, although, but Andy Murray maybe did bring his grandfather to watch from his kit bag, as you can see down the bottom there. <laughs> <laughs> or it would be an official. I'm sure. At first glance, you'd think, oh, this, oh, this oh, has oh, got to oh, hurt. Oh, 
At second glance, you think pretty much the same thing. Hell of a prostate exam, isn't, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to forget the candy place from the bus in Vanga's oh, finger. No. That's his Tony. finger. Don't Tony me. Tony. Uh, I've been assured this NFL player didn't actually lose his head. Uh, he, he's still there. You've got to love soccer as Vince Grella's really long arm. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been goalkeeping. I'm not sure what's going on. The Russian synchronised swimmers. Oh, oh, wow. Just actually two of them there, but uh, look, brilliant. And, and the first NFL player to be hit in the head by TV graphics. <laughs> <laughs> not real, people. Not real. Fake news finally killed. Like, tell me the oh, text is coming. Oh, oh, last week. It's okay. actually an optical. <laughs> just went a bit too far there, Tony. Two in a row. <laughs> I can't believe we went for that two weeks in a row. All right, what about the crowd that gathered as uh, Coley left the hospital after checking his shoulder, had the scan on it? This is just phenomenal. I guess it gives you an indication of the game there, Flem, doesn't it? More people there than actually went to the test match. <laughs> well, that's the one thing, too, with Coley. He's taken over from Tendulkar to MS Stoney. Even though they love all their cricketers, they're, they're, they always have one favourite player. And at the moment, it's Coley. Whenever um, the broadcasters get half a chance, they always mm. go into Coley in the field. So, but I mean, he lives with that day by day. A bit like you up in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's not that big. <laughs> no, that, wasn't it funny when the little guy, who the trolley wheeler, who's apart from bringing around the hot milk and arrowroot biscuits, to gave his own press conference that said, uh, Virat will be out for 25 to 30 days. Oh, and it went around India at 1,000 miles an hour, the news story from the, from the poor little bloke who was just Brilliant. a casual worker, had his moment What about um, your test predictions last week? We should mention that. You oh. said rolled Mud, hard yeah. to score Worst on. Worst pitch in history. Worst yeah. pitch in history. Hey, Glenn about... Maxwell, if he gets 30, he's done a really good job. And I was haunted by them after the second day's play when they rerun the back page, and this is me on the couch at home watching <laughs> the show. <laughs> like, you know, sort of... Yeah. You stayed there for the rest yeah, of the show. Right. The, man who also good. the other great one, the Big Bash will never work. <laughs> Six years ago. Have you mentioned... He said Stephen Smith overrated. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump finished. <laughs> Coley's form, as you mentioned, uh, it hasn't been great at all, but uh, it's something the Aussie fans at the ground were happy to remind him of with the sign there. Yeah, so Delhi Belly has given us more runs than Coley has scored this whole series. <laughs> Classy, isn't it? Yeah, Classy. It stinks a bit, that one. It's yeah. a good point, though. Steve Smith uh, may have looked a, a bit jaded with his dismissal yesterday. I mean, it's been a long summer for him, too, but in the middle of a long time, that was a massive 178 not out in the first innings. It's, he just continues to do... I just love impress. watching him play. Yeah. He's so unique, isn't he? Him and he Peter is. Hanscom, he's got his yeah. own technique. And what I love, he's since that Hobart test we keep talking about, he is just willing Australia into these uh, to mm. winning to series wins. And 200s over there in India. I don't think many visiting captains have done that. Please, you go along with the line, a beautiful line the other day, that... Uh, Coley is batting like an Australian in India and Smith's batting like an Indian. Had the two roles, you know, the hard hands of Coley and Smith's just sort of easing wrist, everything, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Wasn't it good also to see some runs from the number Maxwell. six? Yes. And number six. And Glenn Maxwell's come in, you know, he hasn't played. That was his fourth test. But, but the Maxi, words like subdued, yeah. technically yeah. correct. Was he heavily sedated? Drink and pull for Have a little bit of this. Have this cookie before you go. It's a good idea, Jules. <laughs> oh, I'll look into that. But where, where does subdued, it, where does... technically correct, isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. when you look at him, there's no reason why he, he can't make it at number six in Test Match Cricket. And there was glimpses of power. It was almost like, you know, the sixes he hit? It was just an extension of his defence. Yeah. He's got that much power. If he bats like that, 
um, in a subdued manner and just respects the bowling, he can average over 40 at Test cricket at number six. If he was He's subdued, Jules, your style, he would have been absolutely freaked out when this happened. Uh, and I've got big cricket bats, obviously, but they... This, <laughs> look, look in his face after the bat just breaks. That was first ball. First ball. <laughs> <laughs> look at look, What the hell was happened that, Does that happen because they're just so dry, these bats now? Remember when you used to oil your bat and it never used to break? But these ones are so light, aren't they? Yeah, I just think they just take that, don't they? If they break, they go and get another one. Look yep. how big it is. And yes. now they've, look at that, he's going on. Yeah, yeah. Look how strong I am. I break bats. Does he survive, Maxwell? Someone will go from Kawaja, for Kawaja, when they get back to Australia. Some, and he'll be back, Kawaja. Is it Maxwell or is it Marsh? Yeah, I'd have Usman back at number three in Australian conditions. And no Marsh? Ashes, and yeah. I would have thought Sean Marsh will be the one that misses out. And uh, let's hope he gets 100 and helps us win this series. But these selectors have shown last year, uh, Marsh got 100 and, vo uh, and he got dropped, didn't he, for yep. Usman? So, you know, there's a bit of horses for courses there. I wouldn't mind Maxwell getting a few test matches yeah, because in Australian it? conditions, mm. it doesn't swing a lot. Um, I reckon he's got a lot to offer. All right, plenty of great moments. I think my favourite, though, may have been this one, uh, was from the umpire who showed you at the outset. Crash, I'm not sure exactly what happens here. Not a lot of appealing, but the, the umpire's finger, yes, that's <laughs> definitely out. Really? <laughs> <laughs> my hat's itchy. I better scratch my hat. <laughs> Might have a game of golf this evening. <laughs> 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 but, but look, Chris Gaffney sort of said that, uh, well, I understand. <laughs> Mippy in the background. <laughs> 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 it's, like, it's like when you're that girl at the cinema and you do the old... Exactly. But he believed that it's better to look a fool than to get it wrong. Like, he's happy to correct himself and think, no, but he got it wrong and looked a fool. <laughs> <laughs> he got it half wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely That's brilliant. Gold. All right, uh, just moving on. Remember, Mitchell Stark will join us at the desk uh, in a little while as well. But uh, here's the tip, kids. When you're going to tell a lie, don't make it too elaborate. Uh, make it as close to the truth as possible. And don't ask your coach to tell it to the media. Sam's Collingwood's Jordan Degoe has a lot to learn after giving Nathan Buckley these alternative facts. He was playing with his dog. Yeah. <laughs> um... And uh, if we don't laugh, we'll cry about it. I will. I will anyway. But no, he's playing with his dog, and he was. He went to throw a toy. It wasn't a frisbee, um, but he did go to throw a toy to him and caught uh, his hand on the edge of a door, a door handle. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. Didn't describe the toy either. Yeah. <laughs> what no. sort of toy? Yeah, the dog. Yeah. Rover. <laughs> was, he went into so much detail. Oh, Bill. oh, it just makes you cringe, doesn't it? He's Cal, has he even got a dog? I, <laughs> <laughs> Has that been proven? Why are you asking me? Yeah. Probably sure. not, I'm guessing, Expert. because it's a pretty dumb thing that Jordan Degoe has done. So what is the real story? Well, he was meant to be in the house Friday night against the dogs. Mm -hmm. Instead, he's in the dog house with oh. the pies oh, because, bang, bang. Uh, yes, uh, he lied to his coach. He lied to the club. Instead, he broke his hand by punching someone at a bar on, uh, in Melbourne on Saturday night. If you play for Collingwood, Flem, and you're in a bar and you punch someone, how silly do you have to be to think that, I reckon I could get away with this if you I played for Collingwood well, and somebody swings... Well, Swan won a Brownlow medal that year that he did that. <laughs> I thought it's part of their culture. <laughs> and I, mean, I mean, the timing could not be worse. What were we, three days out from the game? Hey, I'm sick of people blaming dogs. They're so cute yeah. and they sit there and homework and this. <laughs> toys. Yeah, toys. Has anyone else got Frisbees. an image of Eddie's face getting redder and redder yeah. and redder and then... <laughs> exploding. <laughs> Naturally, uh, to go, was sent out to do the obligatory oh. humble apology today. I'm really disappointed in my actions over the weekend. Um, there's, there's two things I'm disappointed is. One being my actions um, and the other was um, making up an excuse as to what, what really happened to me 
um, and letting down my teammates and, and pretty much everyone at the club. It's good that they've got the broken hand oh. right there, just <laughs> so everybody can be sure. It shatters the trust, though, it doesn't does. it? And he was fined $5,000. He cops a three-match suspension. The captain gave him that. After Once. the injury. After yeah. the injury. Yeah. So yeah. that would probably be a four-week. So he's going to miss the first seven weeks. Yeah. Silly, silly boy. Naturally, of course, Kilda Wags have been out immediately, out straight away. Uh, like this. This is signs someone is lying to you. There you go. They change their head position quickly. Their breathing changes. They repeat words or phrases. They play for Colin. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, that's True. cruel. Obviously, it's not to all people from Collingwood. All right, to the NRL, and after round one, Tigers coach Jason Taylor was basking in the glory of a brilliant opening win. After round three, he's checking out the positions vacant, sacked after consecutive hammerings for his side. It's swift. Justice or injustice, Crash? Oh, I think it's injustice. Really, three games of a season. And Aaron Woods, who is part of a group who were allegedly behind it, has gone on NRL 360 and categorically denied that he knew anything about it. And, and you know, we've got to know Aaron a little bit from uh, before the shows. Yep. And, and he seems a trustworthy sort of guy, but... Gosh, they're a strange old club. And this merger between the, the, the Tigers and the Magpies, which has been 18 years, they still haven't gelled. You know, they're still in fighting after all that time. Some work, some don't. It's such an unstable club, Tony. Yeah, and, and certainly it's been over a, a longer period of time. But this season, if they're going to keep Jason Taylor, their first round, as we said, they've played amazing football yeah. to beat South, South Sydney, Sydney, which had Robbie yeah. Farrah in that and side. They, and they just missed the finals last year as well. Yeah, it it seems really ruthless on the surface. Mm. Yeah. But if you do you know, a little bit of reading and talking to oh. people, clearly behind closed doors there's issues. And they're talking, obviously, about four of their key players remaining unsigned yep, as of next four. year. So mm -hmm. the board's obviously got together and said look, we've lost the last two, you know, if, if there's word that these big four players mm. aren't 100% behind the coach, the board gets together and says, this is a massive risk. But if we're going to continue to lose for the rest of the season, maybe it's a risk worth taking. And I, that's what they would have weighed up. Rugby league pays a high price for working a season ahead with everything. Yep. Like, AFL leaves it to the end of the season. Yeah, like, if he was yeah. an AFL coach, you'd be... But you don't want to waste a season, do you? And if there's already ill feeling and there's mm. cracks under but, the surface... But what change in three games? It's becoming ridiculous. You have Ranieri sacked from Leicester after winning a premiership. Mike Mulvey from Brisbane Raw got sacked the year after leading a premiership. What are we, four games in? Yeah. So he's two losses in a row and he's getting sacked? Yeah. Yeah. Clive Palmer has more stability on a trapeze <laughs> than a coach does in the NRL. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm angry. Oh, the NRL has handed out uh, $350,000 worth of fines to three clubs that says flaunted the concussion rules. So that's the Titans, the Dragons and the Knights. Now, there was some brutal activity over the weekend, or seeming so anyway, and Todd Greenberg says they're going to be very heavy about this. They want to protect the player and that's why they've decided they've gone so hardline. This is the one with uh, Josh Dugan. Uh, who was seemingly knocked out by his teammate Russell Packer, uh, which is not really friendly fire. There he is. Now he lies Ooh. down. When somebody lies down like that, the rule seems to be you're supposed to go off, go off, and get yeah. tested. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't, and they've copped a fine. Do you know what, Tony? I reckon these fines are just a small price to pay if you consider that one of these players finishes their career, suffers potential yep. brain damage, and then comes back and sues a club. Yep. Because that's a whole different ball game. So, I mean they need to pull the feet, their finger out, these clubs, because mm. we're talking about a really serious 
serious issue, which the, is potential brain damage. The players have got to get, get over the, the fact that it's no longer brave to stay yep. on. It's been the rugby league culture. I'll battle through, mate. But, but it's now stupid. But the interesting thing is probably a coincidence, Tony, but the yep. three clubs are either owned by the NRL yes. or subsidised yeah. by them. So, so you... slap across their own wrist, is what we're saying. <laughs> they're fighting themselves. <laughs> so, well, the Tone, co- just in that incidence then, why wasn't the player taken off? Well, he was. He, they claim by the time yeah. the, doc, the, doc, the St George team doctor, yeah. uh, who was the head of accident and emergency at Wollongong Hospital, he claims that he didn't. The monitor on the sideline had broken down. He actually didn't see the incident. By the time he got on there, uh, Josh Dugan, who can tend to lie down to try to get a penalty, didn't know it was friendly fire. He said it's just his jaw, and he was he was fine. So, well, what is it? Con- uh, concussion test for Josh Dugan. How many Bacardi breezes am I holding? That was what he was playing for the Raiders. Okay, Come on, right. it's not the Dragons. <laughs> Plenty of claims that a bit of thuggery has found its way back into the game. What about this? This is South uh, George Burgess. Mm. Now, he's going to miss a couple of weeks. That's ugly. It's like that's the barroom brawl stuff, isn't it? The yeah. elbow. It, it, it really is, and it's sneaking back into rugby league. And I'm glad to see they jumped on it because, you know, it's the least attractive part of a, of a rugby league. If a yep. guy occasionally throws up a, a high arm in a tackle and there's a head high and he cops a weak, well, people get that. Yeah. But but that's just deliberate rampant aggression and inexcusable. So, yeah. I don't think there's a person... That said, the, the Newcastle fan in the background seems to like it. You can just see him there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the old days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sam Thaday uh, has a rep for the cheap shot and it's going to be in third man in as well. Was a fine sufficient penalty for trying to remove the injured thumb of Jesse Bromwich? You can see here uh, he gets the Stanley knife out, tries to take it off. Bromwich had gone in with that a couple of weeks ago. This had that thumb. That was compound, wasn't it? The bone yep. was sticking out. Growing a toy to a dog, was it? Well, there's a lot of people up in Queensland who will say, oh, it's a man's game, for God's sake. Let him get away with it. But I, I actually disagree on that. I think... Since Adam was a boy, if you've got sore ribs, you get targeted in a tackle in league, or if you've got a bung, at, bung knee, they'll target it, and that's fair enough in tackles, legitimate tackles. But to go searching for a finger like that, if ever, if ever that's really part of the game, the game's poorer for that. Now, he was fined $1,500. Of course, the NRL just bring in the fine system this year for those relatively minor offences. He fought it. Tonight. He, he's appealing he, it. He, yeah, he appealed it. He doesn't have the Seven cash? Fi- or... it was a seven, yeah, exactly. 75-minute <laughs> ca- hearing. I don't know how much oh. that costs. For, oh, you know, wow. He lost, and he's now been fined $2,100. Oh. Yep. So, yep. What know, a waste of time. What a waste of time and cash, you think. All right, that kind of stuff, though, does happen in other codes. Happens in AFL. Remember, it was at St Kilda's Stephen Baker. Look, this is a very subtle attack on Stevie Johnson. He just come back with an injured hand as he well. had a broken girl. hand, too. Broken yeah. hand. Yeah. Yeah. That was brutal that night. That was they the night that Stevie Baker got nine weeks all up. And he actually actually got one week for that. He got a week yeah, for that incident. Yeah, he got a week incident. for that. Yeah, yeah. Misconduct right. it is, uh, yeah. targeting an injured player. All right, oh, moving wow. on. We, well, look, we've all struggled at Pictionary from time to time. Well, ESPN commentator Joe Williams tried That's to illustrate player. a tripping incident before realising he <laughs> was working for the car. That's the commissary. And if you put this guy here and it was reversed... Whoa, 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 whoa. No, take her. It's like an up-late version of Mr Squiggle, isn't it? Starts working blue. Yes, Miss Pat. It's been smooth sailing for the AFL Women's Competition until the grand final. How does this happen? As we anticipated last week, Adele's rough fans have ruined everything, especially the Gabba surface. They're not playing there. Is this an outrage or what? Oh, it is. This is an old-fashioned... This is just an old-fashioned balls-up, if you ask me. I mean, how this has been able to happen is... I just... No-one can explain it. So... 
basically crashed. The Gabba's got a permanent pitch, unlike yep. Adelaide Oval and other grounds. Obviously, Adele's stage was right in the middle of it. Yep. And when they took the stage away three weeks ago, it was a complete mess. Kevin Mitchell yep. is the curator, the high-profile curator of the Gabba, and he tried to relay the turf straight away. Mm. And uh, I'm hearing that it's a complete mess, the inspection... Uh, that was made earlier in the week, and as a result, they've had, they lose their home ground yeah. advantage, and it has been moved to Metricon. But they were very late in asking for the Gabba for the final, and it was after the Adele concert and yeah. the assassination of they, Kevin they've Mitchell. They've really pointed the finger at an individual, haven't they? Like, like, yes. the Absolutely terrible. I, I really do. I mean, he sweated that. He didn't want the Adele concert. He took it off, and right where the centre bounce is, on wickets three, four, and five, there. One of them was just would have just turned to mud, and the other two were dying. So he took swift action. But it's and, March. And, it's yeah. March. Why does he have to take swift action in March well, he's when trying the test to, is in November? No, no. He's trying to get the centre bounce ready for the Lions, mm. you know. And, and the AFL came in... This competition, the women's competition, has been brilliant, but it's been very hastily organised, parts of it. It really has. I feel sorry for him. Like, you know... Gillan McLaughlin said it's a question of competence. I mean, this well, is the... he said that well, the Eddie Haddon Stadium had an Adele concert as well, and then mm. six days later they said they'll yeah, but they've for got a drop in wicket. They have a natural wicket up there mm. that they're, they're trying to, and it's and one Adelaide of the best wickets Adelaide in the world. Hey, the problem well. is it's uneven, isn't it? Mm. He hasn't had time for it. To exactly. Yeah. Adelaide Oval would have been great to play it in. I mean, it's a celebration of the competition. Adelaide Oval survived the Guns N' Roses uh, concert, yeah. for Christ's sake. <laughs> it can handle anything. <laughs> and it's, it's the worst nightmare of the AFLW. There is more tasteful jury on the Gold Coast than there are sports fans. And the AFL, it is the worst right, nightmare of the AFL. They were very, very quick to point the finger at the Gabba, and I tend to agree with you, I think unfairly so, because they had been talking to the South Australian Government and Adelaide Oval for the last three weeks. So I, I think they might have sort of got ahead of themselves and preempted that it and would be in Adelaide. I think that Metricon's just a yeah. disaster. I mean, the, yeah. the MCG was put on the table. The yeah. Adelaide Crows players were so excited at the thought that they could play at the MCG. So, I mean, how is Metricon home ground advantage? It's not. No. So why not play it at a neutral venue? Yeah. i tell you what's going to be good for the fans, though, Tone, yeah. is you get into the women's game free, free. then you have to leave, wait for three <laughs> exactly. hours, then yeah. pay yeah. to watch the men's game. It's beautiful. Good times. So you I'd wait, like to see wait, more of that, Tone. Actually, you wait for five hours. It's a 1pm start and a 7pm wow. yeah. start. Are there any good hiding so. spots inside that ground? You know? Oh, no, no, it's very easy. I, I do like the AFL ad. Uh, with Chris Hemsworth pitching the bulldog story to Hollywood. Chris! Chris! We can't wait to hear you pitch, Chris. Now, you just take your time whenever the you're bulldogs ready. bulldogs hadn't won a flag in 62 years and the competition was tough. Down and out, missing their fearless leader, those brave underdogs found victory. Chris. But now it's 2017, new season, oh. new battle. What are you talking about? Will the doggies go on to find glory? Or will another team rise yeah. up and steal their crown? Nobody knows. But the Bulldogs have a secret weapon. The Bond. The, the Bond? And here comes the Bond. Oh, he sells some candy. Bananas. What's a banana? It's worth your Gucci. Not punts. Tackles. Oh. Oh. So what do you reckon? <laughs> I love it. That's terrific. All right, look, we're running out of time. We were going to uh, talk about some predictions about what would happen in the AFL this season, but we don't have time for that. We can just say we agreed beforehand that the Hawks would miss the eight. Miss the eight. <laughs> right, again. Let's go feel good, though, for a minute, with Aussie Mark Leishman winning the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. This is great. Big Aussie, look. What about this one, Tony? I know, the 15-foot eagle putt. 51 foot. 15 metre. 15 metre. 15 metre. So let's get to get him one stroke ahead. That was on the 16th, puts it out. 
a great up and down actually on 18. And he's, he's a great story, isn't he? He is, of course, with his wife Audrey, you know, almost dying from toxic shock a few years ago, and he'd have given the game away. But one of the reasons he's so popular is the smallest but most significant thing when he. Adam Scott won the Masters and the, the beautiful photo of Leishman in the background when he could have won the Masters, yeah. but he couldn't quite uh, get there. And look at that, the fist pump. Mm. And Scott said, he said, I got congratulations from all around the world, thousands of messages. He said, but that was the one I became infatuated by. I couldn't stop look looking at Leishman, who should have been in despair, saying, good on you, mate. Wouldn't it be good if roles are reversed at the yeah. Masters in a few weeks' time? Because he came mm. fourth, didn't he, Leishman? He did. Um, that in 2013, he, he did yeah. well as well, yeah. No, he look, mm. he's, he's an absolute great... He, extra special for him. It's the first event after the passing of mm. the great Arnold Palmer. So Leishman becomes the first man to wear the Arnold Palmer red cardigan. <laughs> oh, it's red a lovely cardigan. touch. Only in golf can you be a winner and a loser at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That'll stand out when he returns home at Christmas, walking down the main street of Warnie. <laughs> the Australian oh, Open is going to introduce the Greg Norman underpants. It's just a, a terrific idea to shark down the front. It's just great. Uh, no matter how bad uh, I'm going on the golf course, I, I wouldn't be uh, driven to no. do this. Now, this is American Cody Gribble. Look at that up close and personal. It's the alligator. Why do he do that? Because they can't mm. turn around, but I wouldn't take the punt. Would you? That would be they a good excuse to your coach. Yeah, the crocodile exactly. bit my arm yeah, yeah, off. Exactly. <laughs> I like Smiley Kaufman's reaction the next day. Look at that. In cream flakes. That's a better one. This is how you should. But I He needs to grab Norman up. Coming up, Mitch Stark joins us, uh, playing drama in the A-League, an Academy Award-winning top five, plus winks, and you'll miss her. The Mighty Mare makes it 16 on the trot. I can't stop the... the light is on for the George Ryder. Winks looking to make it back-to-back -back wins in the race. They're set, and they're racing. He'll be trying to keep her out of trouble early with this speed on and just give a clear space. Winks on the bridle just strides up to third. The crowd starting to lift. Winks is just cruising up on the outside. Bowman's in motionless yet again. Oh, no more running. Look at her rip clear inside the 200. In all conditions, all distances, all challenges. Here's sweet 16 for Winks, making a back-to-back win from the George Ryder. Sometimes my mind does. How lucky we are. Didn't expect you to win like that. Just amazing horse. Yep. Ads for betting agencies always have that disclaimer, gamble responsibly. Apparently that means betting on winks. Uh, <laughs> just the thing. She's a better investment than housing market and she did it again at the weekend. She's a phenomenon. Oh, she is. And... and... Some people better know they have little $1 bets and keep the ticket, you know, as they did with Black Caviar. But how can a horse win by 30 metres on a wet track like that? And, you know, she's got a... Great ho horses deserve great names. She's got a great name. And I think when it's a mare, it's more special. So the road ahead's interesting, isn't it? She'll probably win a third Cox Plate, and they're talking about taking it to England. 
four or five runs over there, maybe, which would be totally fascinating. To so you sold on her now? You've been a critic. <laughs> she hasn't won in enough conditions. Yeah. Well, I thought Darren Flindell summed it up beautifully, the race caller, didn't he? Like, all comers, all distances, right. all conditions. Like, she has no Achilles heel. There's no-one getting near her in anything. Yeah. Sweet it's... 16, too. A bit of an ode to the late Chuck Berry, who passed away a couple of days ago, Tone. I thought you'd oh, no, that's that brilliant. I think that she should do. If the connections aren't getting enough money out of her, you know in the V8 you get a hot lap? I'd love to have a hot lap on whip. <laughs> <laughs> you evolve up front, you get on the back and just hang on. That's a you great go. idea. That'd be good. Yeah, I like it. You get a great view actually on board Glenn Schofield's <laughs> horse as he leads into the straight. This is terrific. And you'll see Huey Bowman, look, this is going to win this thing. And then Huey Bowman just comes on the outside and actually turns and says to him, see you later, boys. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That is just a phenomenal view of a wonderful horse. It's like my career. Potential future just going off into the distance. Just being whipped into submission. All my hopes and dreams. Galloping ahead. Yeah, you're an Adelaide fan, Jules, obviously. How lucky were they to get away with that win over Brisbane? Well, it's the great drama in football, isn't it, that it can turn on one decision. Is that a red card? Well, oh, yeah, well in, in football, and football fans Quick. know this, retaliation is always judged more harshly than the initial Ooh. offence. It's Michael Theo, the goalkeeper, yeah. who gets... Uh, I mean, England got knocked out of a World Cup quarter-final against Argentina because David Beckham just slightly flicked at, I think, Simeone for, for bringing him Nothing down. And that was judged more harshly than the initial offence. And that's what football does. So he was right to be sent off. McGowan should have got a yellow. The defender should have got a yellow. Yeah, he should have got a yellow. But, I mean, it, it's unfortunate. It's, it looks cruel on Brisbane Raw, but I'm an Adelaide well, fan. Well, the, so the, 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 the aftermath yeah, was, yeah, well, more exactly. interesting. The Aloisi family not at all happy with that decision. And plenty of other stuff. Assistant coach uh, there, Ross Aloisi, he's in trouble for allegedly assaulting Red's assistant, Jacoba Ramallah. This is in the tunnel. You can see that's just the aftermath for it. So Obviously, the Reds' assistant coach was down. Yeah. Was felled. Well, they say that this stems from the fact that there's consistent rumours that the Aloises have been offered and may go to Adelaide and, and, they and are coaching. A, so a great Adelaide family as they well. Are, and, yeah. and Ross is the nicest guy. They're both the nicest people. Ross nice is, is yeah. very fiery. And his, his business, for a very far ago, used to be in ceramics. I'm just wondering how many tiles <laughs> have survived. I don't know how they're going to get to the bottom of this because apparently there were sledges in Spanish and everything yeah. and yeah. there's security guard footage. And the raw categorically deny there was a punch, but there might have been a shove. Is that different? Like, do you cop something? Yeah. Well, and I liked Adelaide's reaction, so. saying, oh, well, we don't have a problem with it at all. We're not no. lodging a complaint because yeah. we're trying to get them to come over and coach yeah, us exactly. next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the great coaches, uh, managers, they ha have one thing in common, an ability to communicate. Now, here's Manchester United boss Jose Mourinho at his absolute best, describing what he liked about his team's performance. The attitude, the desire and um, our way of thinking. We don't have A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, but we have L, M, N, S, O, P. <laughs> See, no. with Mourinho, what? there is an I in team, isn't there? <laughs> so. Replacing Clem, N with S, Hanley, yeah. it's just... Clem, does that take you back to Johnny Buchanan coaching? Is that sort of... The Putting the notes under the, the door yeah. oh, from of the Sun opposition Zoo. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah yes. I reckon it was. He might be getting mentoring from that. <laughs> yes. All right, this South African player's live interview after winning Man of the Match shows, look, you can thank too many people. And I appreciate my fans also, my wife and my girlfriend. Yeah, I mean my wife. Yeah, sorry to say, I'm so, I'm so sorry, my wife. Lizzo, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 
Imagine Tiger back in the day. My wife, my girlfriend, Tuesday night, Andy, Trixie, Savannah. I've been there for ten minutes. That bloke, it should have just stopped, stopped talking and fallen to the ground, which is what Mitchell Visser did at the weekend playing for Berlin. He does it with style, though. You watch this. That's so ridiculous. good. That is all class. You can watch it again. Amazing. Down. He's grabbing his inner thigh. Oh, no, it's brilliant. Which, of course, brings us to our top five most theatrical dives. Look, and we'll start with the great Bessart Baresha. An absolutely brilliant player. Um, also, does a great impression of a tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> the roll. It's very windy. <laughs> uh, uh, number four. Look, if you push a referee, expect them to milk it as well. Look. Oh. 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 Look up in fear. That'll oh. give. Oh. 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 Number three. Look, I think this guy suffered a severe case of ear cartilage. <laughs> He <laughs> doesn't even flick. Oh. Oh. <laughs> put a warning before. This is horrific to watch. Horrific at number two. Yeah. This, 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 tackle's quite nasty, you see here. So, he, you know, he's worth something. Mm. Yeah. But this fella was very keen to let the referee know about it. Look, I'm down. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then they go over there. I'm going to get over there where everybody else is. <laughs> 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 I'm still there. Uh, number one. Look, you learn these skills at a very early age, uh, and this kid. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 and down I go. I love it. All right. No joy for the Rebels against the Chiefs in the Super Rugby, but if it was a shorter field, they might have been in with the chance. Now, Tom English, have a look. He thought he'd score a try with this little dive over the top. Uh, looks brilliant. Only. Uh, that's the wrong line, Mr. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's not the trial line. That's 10 metres from the trial line. You can see the humour in it, which is good. It's not the first time it's happened. Uh, that's another guy who's just dived over the 10 metre line, stands wrong up line. and gets tackled. <laughs> wrong line, fella. What? Bang! I love it. Well done. All right, then, straight from the dog ate my homework school of excuses comes Nick Kyrgios's latest effort. He beats Novak Djokovic again then pulls out of his Indian Wells match with Roger Federer because of a bout of food Ooh. poisoning. Now, what did you make of this? Well, he just can't back it up physically, can he? Mm. Whether it's, you know, the, the body or whether uh, it's illness. Expectation. Yeah, maybe it is expectation. But, Flem, the first, the two matches he played before that against Verov and then against Djokovic. I mean, he made Djokovic look second rate. His serving was mind-blowing good. second time he's good. done that in, in a month. Yeah, and it's just this consistency. It's almost two steps forward and another step back. So that's why I always keep saying to you, he's not going to win a Grand Slam while he continues to be unfit. And, I mean, you have to... It's a shame you have to take him... I guess on face value that he thought it was food poisoning that he got from a food Well, we actually do exactly have, we do have footage of him of oh, the food okay. poisoning. So it was the actual moment that he did get it because it was in the other game beforehand. He, he goes over and just 
steals from chips from the bloke oh, in the crowd no. then. There yeah, you that's go. That's a stupid thing to do. Yep. Well, the only time Kyros would ever leave it all on the court is when he did have gastro. <laughs> 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 so I wouldn't mind seeing him I, play. I, mean, I, I know he's not retiring hurt, but he's withdrawing from a match. I, I think but that's, that still stands. Roger Federer has never retired hurt in a mm. tennis match. It's a good point people make, though. If he'd have turned up crook and just yeah. done his best yeah. and said, you know what, I struggle today. Yeah. People sort of admire that. Got to say this, I saw a stat from the Djokovic game, though, that his returns were 30 kilometres an hour faster than Djokovic's. Yeah. Like, yeah. they were flying. But Djokovic has dropped significantly. He's yeah. not the player that he was, yeah. and I don't think he ever will be. He does. He keeps getting close to pulling us back in, uh, Kyrgios. He was very positive in this interview. Oh, I don't think I'm a bad guy at all. Honestly, like, I've had a couple mix-ups on the court. You're angry, you're, emo you're emotional, but off the court, I don't think I've done... You know, I haven't haven't done anything against the law, I haven't drink drive, I haven't shot someone, I haven't stolen or something. Like, I'm not a bad person. He hasn't killed anybody, so that is yeah. the good news. Well, I'm not Rob. a bad person. No, you're yeah. not a bad person. I haven't committed no, genocide, I'm, I'm not a bad person. <laughs> exactly. I think we're all pretty good here. The yeah. jury's still out on Crash. All right, coming up, a very special <laughs> <laughs> Mick Stark joins us as we revel in the glory of that draw against India. Clear the ground very easily. Now he's gonna look for some big easier mission start. He's gone big again. He goes for the big one. This is uh, this could be match-winning stuff. We'll give themselves a chance. Mitchell Stark strikes for Australia. Absolutely pump Mitchell Stark, good pace, and that's absolutely on the money. Yeah, not only is the world's best fast bowler, I'm calling him the world's best all-rounder. <laughs> Sadly, he's smiling next to me rather than uh, thrashing India. Mitchell Stark, uh, welcome to the show. It is a bummer that you're here, and obviously the big question, how is the foot? Yeah, I think... Uh... Old mate at the front desk knows I'm only here when I'm injured these days. <laughs> <laughs> Always ask me what's going on. Uh, no, it's, it's OK. It's, um, it's not snapped in half like the one what, about 18 months ago. In uh, the same foot. Same foot. So I did the third metatarsal last time. This one's a fourth. Um, a nice fracture. Um, but it's, it's not displaced and I, I don't need a boot, fortunately. So I'm um, still in the gym, uh, sort of getting myself ready for when I do come back when... Whenever that might be, um, see the specialist on Thursday and, and hopefully get a clearer picture then. But um, Champions Trophy is definitely not out of the picture at this time. Right. So, look, we'll obviously get into that result la last night and pushing forward to Darren Shala as well. Just the question I think most people would be wanting to ask you is who's the most annoying? Uh, Virat Kohli, mm. Ishant Sharma, yeah. I don't know, Ravi Ashwin? Do you have a kind of pecking <laughs> order? Jamie Fleming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he obviously has been there, a bit Ravi. going on. Yeah, but, um, yeah I'll, I'll look forward to, to bowling to, to Ashwin in Australia. I'll right? <laughs> <laughs> take his advice and then hit him on the badge. But, um... Will you go to the ponytail? Can we see you? Jesus, my hair's slowed down at the minute, so I might not shave it anymore. But... Hey, Mitch, can you explain the main difference between bowling and Australian conditions as opposed to over there in India? Yeah, I, I guess uh, the way that they prepare the wickets to, to play against us, um, very different to what they pre prepared for the, the wickets against England, really, where they were really high first inning scores and then the, the test matches really happened quickly towards the end, the last sort of day, day and a half. A bit like sort of the last couple of days in, in Bangalore, I guess. And 
for us going over there, we knew we were going to get tracks that don't have a blade of grass yeah. on it. They're, they're pretty slow. But that slow. doesn't worry you. You took a heap of wickets in Sri Lanka. So, so how do you adjust? Why are you such a good subcontinent bowler? Oh, I don't know if I am. I got pretty, pretty well, lucky. Well, you get me to wickets. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess for me, I try and keep it pretty simple. I try and use my airspeed. I'm fortunate enough I can bowl a bit quicker than, than some of the other guys out there. And I'm always pretty aggressive. And the fact that I've got Josh Hazelwood at the other end, who's so relentless with yeah. his lines and lengths, I think allows me to do that and really attack. And, and I might go for a few runs at times, but, but I'm always attacking the stumps. And, and if that ball's swinging, it's always trying to hit those stumps oh, yeah. or on the pads. So I think we work really well together. And, and I think even that, that uh, sorry, Sri Lankan series, Josh bowled fantastically well, but that allowed me to, to bowl those aggressive lines and, and, and lengths and, and probably allowed me to take a few Is that wickets. why we won in the first test, but not only the two quicks, but you had O'Keefe getting wickets and Gazza Lyon building pressure as well. So there was pressure with every bowling change? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, especially bowling is all about partnerships as, mm -hmm. as much as batting is. And if you've got someone at the other end building that pressure, there's someone who can take wickets at the other end. So I think we saw it with, with Mitch Johnson and, and Nathan Lyon through, through the Ashes where, where Jono got a mountain of wickets. Um, Josh and I tend to do it pretty well together at the moment where one of us is, is taking wickets and the spinners in that test match you mentioned um, worked off each other really well and I think Gaz bowled fantastically well as well but, but Socky got those 12 wickets and, and Nathan came back in the second test and took eight. I, I don't want to harp on it but the Virat Kohler thing, getting him out, um, is that particularly uh, exciting for you because you, you did it <laughs> over there and just talk us through, what is it? I mean, there's a lot of talk about the relationship between the two teams, you know, whether it, it's good or whatever but there's been a lot of chirping, a lot of kind of instance going on. How was it in the middle? Yeah, it's, uh, there has been. I think it's probably come a lot more from, from their side than ours. And, and there's been a lot made of it before the series. There was so much hype of the series. Yeah. And I think we've just gone about a cricket that we, we have done for, for a long time now. As a, as a young group, we're, we're still probably finding our way and, and um, sort of still obviously learning about each other's games and how, we are, how we're going as a team. It's probably since, since that Hobart Test match. So I think it's, it's, it's probably showed in, in how the guys have been playing their cricket, especially yesterday, the way they batted. Um, a couple of young guys performed outstanding well, Pete Hanscom. I think that sort of shows how we are as a group and, and the Indians have come hard and it's almost a defence mechanism for them. We won the first Test match. We're here for the challenge. They were scared of us beating them in India, the way they've been playing as well. So it was almost a, a defensive mechanism for them. And, and obviously they came out in the second test match and, and performed really well and got back in there. You mentioned Hobart. Can you explain to us how on earth have you been able to, in three months, turn it around? It was such a humiliation. Steve Smith spoke so bluntly where he questioned some players' pride in the baggy green. And now we're watching from India, you know, dig in, fighting, never say die. Was it a moment? Was it a team chat? Was it a heart-to-heart? -heart? Was it a getting away from Australia? I mean, what was the one thing that has turned this around? Yeah, obviously it was a, that was a pretty tough test match for, for everyone uh, involved in the group and it probably led to a, a long night, a long time in that change room talking about, I guess, cricket, where the team stood at the time, um, I guess moving forward as a group and that personnel might change, as it obviously did uh, in the, the next Test match. Um, so, yeah, I think there was a few things that played its part there. There was a lot of, a lot of talk between, I guess, what is now, is now the leadership group, I guess, between four of us, but especially some of the senior guys, some of the guys who, who are still in that group. And then, as we saw, we get a few debutants the next Test match. Um, and that sort of kept that young group together now moving forward. We had some success in Australia. 
We've had a, a fair bit of time now, I guess, through the second half of the summer. We had a, a good camp in Dubai leading into this series. So I think everyone's in a good place as a group. Um, and we're starting to, we're definitely learning more about each other and what makes, makes each other tick. But, but how we're going on the cricket field is really, really showing in how we are as a group now as well. Speaking of uh, debutants, what about young Matt Renshaw? You know, he's so quirky, isn't he? The kid with a smile on his face, 20 years old in India. Tell us something about him, like, like you know, w what you've made of him. The more time he spends out in the middle, the less we have to listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that he just babbles on. Is that right? He's different, but he's, he's a lovely kid. He loves his cricket, just loves batting. So I think that's, that's obviously shown in how he's gone about his cricket in India. His first trip there, he's learning. He's probably not eating the right things, being sick all the time. But um, he's at least he got well. out there, not yeah. like Nick Kyrgios. Yeah. Yeah. But when you but say he looks like he's unsledgeable too, yeah, because they have a go at him. He does just smiles. What yeah. more can you say to I him? Think that's he just a good enjoys temperament. It. Yeah, he enjoys the challenge. He loves batting, as I said, and just loves being out there and, and laughing off most things. But what so. about the dressing room banter when you say? Because I've heard he's like that. He just chats all the time, or, or what is it? Just he says some strange things. <laughs> he just comes up with some weird theories and like what, like oh. Who knows? He talks a lot about Bradman and oh. whether he scored those runs or not. And, and he's never been on the moon. I understand. He's talking about bats these days is his favourite line and that sort of thing. But um, <laughs> geez, he, he talks as if he's 35 years old. <laughs> Mitch, we saw some footage before of uh, Virat Kohli, his shoulder injuries. There were tens of thousands of people outside the hospital getting selfies to greet him. How many people, when you when you left the hospital with your foot, did you have a similar experience? Uh, I, I went to about 7.30 in the morning somewhere in Bangalore and got a scan and left pretty quickly. So. <laughs> What's it like for you in India uh, when you walk the streets? Yeah, I think for, for a lot of us these days who, who spend some time over in the IPL and um, just anyone who plays cricket, I think whether you play for your country or not, they, they see cricket or they've seen you play cricket, uh, it's, 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 I think it's a religion over there for them almost. So it's been fantastic to see, I guess, the support and I guess the banter between some of the fans as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's cricket's a different world over there. Uh, just to wrap up because we're running out of time, you have to answer two questions in one. Uh, a, are we going to go and win in Dharamshala and uh, get the series? And B, you love it. You're obviously enjoying the batting at the moment as well because <laughs> you're smacking it and you know scaring people in the crowds as well. Uh, are you enjoying that part of the game? Yeah, definitely. I think I've almost played more as a batsman in the. Well, definitely in the first test, but um, yeah, I love my batting, and, and we—I think as the lower order, we don't call ourselves a tail anymore, but the lower order take a lot of pride in our batting. And, and it, look, even here, you've got to be careful where oh, you use the ball yeah, this big fella here, nearly tried, yeah, nearly gets it. <laughs> <laughs> nearly the greatest moment of his life, but not quite. And no, the highest test score of 99. Yeah. You don't want to retire with the highest test yeah. score of 99, do you? And do oh, we? Oh, you were warned he could have a club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we win? Yeah, I, I think we, we can. We, we've shown so far throughout the series how, how we're definitely up for the challenge. We're in the fight. We have been for, for three test matches. We can knuckle down when we need to, but we can attack when, when we, we want to and we can. So hopefully it's another great test match. But, but if Australia can knock this one off, um, be one of the great series for this young team. We wish you were there, but very glad you're here with us, Mitchell Stark. Thank you. Thank you so Cheers. much. All right, coming up, our champ of the week. Well, some of us thinking a free throw is incredibly difficult. Uh, for the pros, missing can be tough. That's what Spurs' Manu Ginobili had to do. Just two seconds on the clock, one point wasn't going to do it. <laughs> he actually sinks it, trying to hit it, get it back so they can go for the three to get back in the box. And sinks. Look at the reaction from the oh. <laughs> It's fun to be a pro, isn't it? Love it. Uh, time now, though, for our Champ of the Week, brought to you by Kumo Tyre.
vests. Aussie surfer Owen Wright has done something few predicted he would, coming back from a serious brain injury to not just compete but win a World Surf League title at Snapper Rocks. Fought back sensationally since that horrendous fall at Hawaii's pipeline in 2016. What's more, look at this. It's uh, Wright's best mate, Matt Wilkinson, who had the best seat in the house. He was the beaten finalist and he was just as excited as Owen Wright. How good is that story, Kel? Fantastic. Yep. Love it. But sadly, that's where we have to leave you. Thank you so much for your time and time. thank you for yours. We'll see you next week.